0: This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice, but now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot
1: readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy reading since 1999, over 35 million
0: to be exact. All you have to do is create an account and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation.
1: Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs and you'll be able to connect via phone
0: call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's
1: trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99 and remember, know your potential.
0: Bumba bumba
1: bumba
0: bumba 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 bumba
1: bumba 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 Hello and welcome back to another edition of Past Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. I'm joined by my co-host and fellow vampire, Taylor Sokol. You know, it is the spooky season, folks. I know it's uh, still early September, but you know Halloween season really starts late August, September 1st. You get those fall drinks hitting. Uh, the decorations are on the shelf. The yeah. movies are coming out.
0: That chill in the air is not the temperature dropping. That's the spooky season around the corner. <laughs>
1: It's something behind you, stalking you in the night. And, you know, with our past potential picks, this is where we review older films that one of us have not seen, and we challenge them to see them, and then we give our review on the film. So, you know, we've we've had a few vampire movies this year already, uh, featuring Count Dracula. We had Renfield earlier in the spring, and we just recently reviewed in August The Last Voyage of the Demeter. So I thought it was fitting to... Uh, have another vampire film that kind of plays at the myth of the Dracula uh, figure. This movie came out in the year 2000, and this is Shadow the Vampire. This is a film that I remember watching. It must have been like an HBO or I don't think I saw it in theaters per se, but something I caught, you know, years later, it's always stuck with me. Um, This is a period horror kind of mystery black comedy film, and it's a what if kind of film where, For those who are familiar with the classic version of Nosferatu that was directed by F.W. Murnau in that movie, uh, you know, Max Schreck, who was this uh, very interesting actor played the vampire quite well, very method. And, you know, they were not able to get the rights to Dracula. So they came up with this Nosferatu. This plays it to the what if degree, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, Taylor, you had never heard of this movie, uh, really known of this movie, but you were excited to check it out. So what is a brief synopsis of Shadow the Vampire?
0: Let's get to our thoughts. Absolutely. So it's a fictionalized account of the making of the classic Nosferatu directed by F.W. Murnau. And uh, Malkovich plays the director Murnau and during which um, as they're filming this film and introducing their vampire played by the supposed Max Schreck uh, the crew of the film filming crew just uh, start to have these suspicions that uh, this is more than just a method actor um, as uh, some weird stuff starts to happen uh, throughout the filming process. Um, yeah. It was funny because you had talked to, I I never really, this film was never on my radar. I'm, I don't even remember hearing about it until we did our episode uh, checking out. We talked to, we had a whole episode talking about uh, vampire films and lore and you had mentioned this as one of your favorites. And both Chris and I, huge Willem Dafoe fans. Uh, we could quote and do impressions for, for days. So I think this is definitely one of the quintessential, if you have not, if you love Willem Dafoe, this is definitely uh, a great addition to the of his amazing plethora, if you will, of uh, films. So, yeah, I was like, hey, you know what, Spooky Season, you talked about this. Over 23 years ago, this movie came out. I was like, hey, good time to check this out. So my initial thoughts, I really enjoyed this film. I... um. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was going to be more um, Mel Brooks, scary movie humor. And I was actually pleasantly surprised it was not. It does take itself almost very seriously that if you didn't know any better, you were like, maybe this really did happen (laughs) because they did really take it. But I think, you know, as you said, the best, what this film does well is it, it takes the idea you could take uh, fiction fictionized a kind of any kind of filming whether it's like oh peter jackson did lord of the rings and he actually hired orcs you know or something um the idea that a director would go this far to make the best film possible that he's i'm gonna get an actual vampire to play the vampire and the idea that uh, you know we still have a lot of method actors i think in our day and i think it's kind of some it, it's kind of played for laughs and some it's like oh you know they're obviously really good actors because they take this to the nth degree but the idea of the you know the silent film era when this is first starting out that you know when filming was still so new and you know we didn't have um all this amazing technology to do that i think that played into that period you know silent film drama that it did so well that i was really engrossed in the film or out there where it doesn't it's there's some good humor but you take the film very seriously when you're watching this
1: yeah, because this is not a time and era where there's like these studios and stuff where you know, even nowadays there'll be so much stuff that is um policed, if you will. Yeah. Um and sure still, really still Yeah, regulated. There's there's rules and policies and unions and and you know, you have to do so much time and this is definitely an era where there was a lot of experimentation, uh, especially coming out of the German kind of, you know, filmmaking, you know, exp- expert uh expressionism and stuff and we've seen you know you think of like the the cabinet of dr caligari and stuff like that you, you could also have a whole movie where that dude was real or something you know but the idea that this whole film crew and these actors are like this guy is brilliant they they totally buy into the, he's so method that he only shows up in makeup um you know he only wants to film at night uh, and the thing is, what they they do, yeah. There's this kind of double-edged sword where they play with. There's the horror aspect where he's trying not to be what he is, his true being, and eat these people because he's hungry. He's a vampire, and he's clearly very old. That's the thing too. I love that they kind of talk about. Um, it's kind of these moments where he's talking to. <clears throat> there's these moments where he's talking to John Malkovich's character, and he's like. I used to be a king and I had legions and I'm the last of my kind. And it it still goes very much to the Dracula mythos. But at the same time, he is kind of enjoying this limelight of being an actor. Like, he, he, there's funny moments where he reacts in shots and he has like ideas and he's kind of giving in to like, (laughs) there's a whole scene where he's like, I want makeup. (laughs) Like, he kind of is giving in to being an actor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) it's, Like I want the makeup and you know I won't I won't say it I you know again it becomes it's the kind of funny thing di- di-
0: ultimate diva
1: diva uh, yeah <laughs> they don't play it to the point where it's like 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 you said like a Mel Brooks comedy this is very much an homage to the era of the black and white films and the power of Nosferatu which is still that film is still very much um you know seen as one of the all time great vampire moves, if not one of the best, I think the director of this film, E. Elias Merhige, and the direct uh, the writer, Stephen Katz, they really found this like great blend of homage to the era because they do a lot of these great scenes where you you are seeing the actual filming going on and the sound effect of the film camera, which again is you know the small kind of box thing, and you've seen the lens and you've seen. I love a lot of the the humor comes from the dialogue in which John Malkovich is giving direction because, of course, this is a silent era. They're not going to hear the dialogue. So he's like, you're moving closer. Are you walking? Yes, now you look scared. And now you are ill. You are sick. You you know, he would give all these great notes. And a lot of the humor comes from John Malkovich, who I think is equally as impressive in this film. Because like you said, Taylor, to what lengths would you go to get the perfect film? And even as your crew start uh, being fed on, getting ill, accidents start happening. To what point are you like, okay, we have to continue. And the way the film like evolves to the ending where he's still wanting to get his film finished as people are legit dying in front of him. Yeah. Literally as and he's filming, kind of like and he's... Or, you know,
0: we're rolling roll and the fact that it, and, and there's so many good films uh, where um you always see the director like keep filming it's almost very much like the paparazzo and stuff like um, I think I don't know if you ever saw the film uh, Nightcrawler or Hall, where it kind of um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's almost like that's like it's a little drama dramatization but that's almost close to real life where even today whether you're not a film director it's we live in this era that it's like you can't look away you've got to film everything it's like you know we talk about that the kind of saying like it was like a car a train wreck you, you can't look away and the fact that he's like i'm going to do everything to make this happen and it, it's to the end ending of the film and the film within the film he, he just he, he takes it too far but to like create his magnum opus to you know or almost to like the point of whether it's a ship captain or a director it's like this may ruin me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go down, you know, going down, trying, you know, and I think that was really well done. Now, fun fact, uh, you know, obviously this is dr- dramatization; it's a fictionalized account. A lot of people that get killed, uh, all these real people, um, are did live long lives. I'mer uh, now, unfortunately, had passed actually, um, maybe ten years later, in a car crash uh, after this filming was uh, done. But um, yeah, just a great cast too. I mean, Eddie Izzard, Carrie Elwes, I uh, just I just love. Um, even just some of the smaller scenes where the crew are interacting with Max Schreck's, uh, Willem Dafoe's character. I just love these little scenes. And I do like that, you know, that in this you know decade, and this is two, 2000, and even to this day, we're still finding fun, creative ways to invoke the vampire mythos from this. And as you just pointed out, Renfield was more of a comedic, relation, toxic relationship, or, you know, D- D- Demeter. I-, I think it's really great that we can still come up with these ideas, but I, I hope that we continue to see more black comedies like this because I I think this is a a film that not many people know about and if you're a vampire film uh film fan whether you you know love these kind of you know parody or or kind of dramatization stuff or if you're a Willem Dafoe Malkovich fan it's definitely the film for you I am glad that I checked this one out um you know it's someone I could see myself watching again and again I just you just almost hypnotized by the performances themselves
1: yeah, Defoe himself was nominated for a uh, Best Supporting Actor Academy Award for this role. So, uh just goes to show you. Yeah, this was a fantastic film, and they just, it's great production budget too. I mean, the especially when they get to like his lair, um, it's almost got the spiderweb kind of quality to it, and it's, it's this little cave. And uh, I just love how they they really keep the homage to the time era and how they're filming this film, um, and again that balance of He's a vampire. He's actually a vampire, but he's trying to be an actor. It it lends to some great humor while some of the horror takes place. Um yeah, like you said, a great cast. So one I've always enjoyed um and I think it's just a great spin. It's great what if on the kind of mythos of that classic Nosferatu film um at the turn of the century. So I'm going to go for Shadow of the Vampire, revisiting it, rewatched it. It's a it's a 9 out of 10 for me. I really love this film.
0: Hey, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 too for a first-time watcher, and definitely we'll watch again and stack this up as one of those vampire films, Malkovich and Defoe. Um, definitely check this out. Uh, you yourselves can go revisit Shadow the Vampire for rent or a video on demand. Definitely recommend, and that was this edition of Past Potential Picks.
1: Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook
0: at The Potential Podcast,